Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Jacques Berger, and when I'm stalking Springbok in the Namibian wilderness, all I take with me is a knife and the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. It's all a real man needs. Let's get to it, shall we? Let's do it. What do they do in American football before they put the hands in and they like, like say a couple of words, don't they? So they pray, don't they? Yeah, they, normally oh, pray. Normally pray. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you want to do some sort of alternative prayer, Jay? Uh, no, just let me put <laughs> put on some notes. Henson and body oil. Okay. <laughs> Henson and body oil. Right, hands in, boys. We're doing this penultimate podcast before the start of the rugby season. Phil's actually got his hands in. It doesn't work for a podcast, Phil. <laughs> I'm putting my hand in yeah, as well. Yeah, me and Tim both did. Put your hands in. <laughs> Henson and body oil on three. One, two, three. Henson, Henson and body, body oil. oil. <laughs> the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. And like I said, I know that the top 14 rugby's already underway I know that there's rugby championship rugby going on but it starts proper in two weeks this is the penultimate rugby podcast before the season starts and next week's will be the big preview show however there's a few bits of pre-season stuff we have to deal with not least where is Phil going to be in terms of a fan for next season the final chance for a club to claim him as a new fan in the fan free agency on the way and we are going to be talking about all the other rugby stuff going on uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm Tim, he's JB. Hi, Tim. And here's Phil. Hello, Tim. And JB kicked off. He walked in, he said, right, first thing I want to talk about <laughs> is my, my wrestling. <laughs> and my jiu-jitsu, actually. Jiu-jitsu, all my right. Jiu-jitsu. Fine. It could be wrestling. Whatever. Hold on, before, go on then. So get this off your chest. But before you do, hold on, I've got some music for you. What have you got for me? If you smell <laughs> what the... JB is cooking. <laughs> go on, JB. Yeah, not quite that glamorous. Yeah, so anyway, it turns out... Um, I showed up at a jiu-jitsu tournament yesterday, and I was late. I was late, and I missed my category, so I couldn't fight um, in the beginner's section. So uh, I asked the organisers. I said, no problem if I can't, but can I please fight? Can I fight in the uh, blue belt section? They're about to fight now. There's only two guys, so you know, how hard can it be? And said, yeah, that's fine. So just as I was about to fight, this is a classic example of busybodies. And do you know that, do you know that girl that sort of will go, well, I just thought you should know... That kind, of, that kind of passive-aggressive... Yeah, just I thought, saying. Yeah, I just thought you should know. OK, what did you think I should just know? So, I was then asked, are you sure you want to do this? It's disrespectful to your master. So, I had to inform her, obviously, I don't have a master. Um, I do have an instructor, however. And she's... Uh, and, well, she's... You know, more than... I'm more than happy for her to phone him, except he's, on, he's in Ibiza. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I fought, and I was subsequently disqualified from the final. 
<laughs> you were disqualified from the final. Was it for lying about where your master, or your no, coach, your instructor, sensei? Sensei, uh, yeah, exactly. She thinks that we're in Cobra Kai. I mean, she clearly has nothing else to do. Um, I broke a grip using my knee, which is completely legal. Look it up on um, on YouTube. Do what, do what, do whatever you want. There is a caveat here. I'm not going to be. It's not completely one way traffic. But I did knee a man in the face when I was trying to do it first time. And second time that I did it legally, I was then disqualified. So anyway, she had it in for me. That's not the important part. The important part is that this made Facebook on a ground called the un- called the underground, which isn't obviously very underground, with the same thing like, I just thought you should know Jonathan Beardmore has gone up a category today and may never fight White Belt again. And then I've got 128 comments about the merits of, fight- of fighting up. And not only that, I've now got... I've now been banned from fighting in white belt, but it's against BJJ law to fight in blue belt. So I'm currently suspended until I get an actual you're in, blue belt. You're in grappling limbo. Gra- gra- <laughs> grappling purgatory. So, JV on his soapbox there. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you ever want to start up jiu-jitsu, just have a little think about it and then don't do it. That would be my... That that would be my recommendation. Uh, Phil's been in competition this weekend as well, haven't you, Phil? I have now that I've... Uh, well, I'm not playing rugby at the moment. I need to throw myself into something else. Ooh, exciting. What do you do? So I enter myself into an eating competition. <laughs> Just slight, slightly different. Did you have someone say, it's disrespectful to your master to, uh, <laughs> to have too much food? Fortunately, I don't have a master. Um, <laughs> and I, I took on... Have you wasn't... checked with your work canteen chef that you can eat? <laughs> <laughs> and I took on a, a friend of all of ours, Harry. So yeah, Harry is... Uh, six eight, six nine, something like that. A, a, a clear foot taller than me, and about six stone heavier than me. And so, for everyone watching, so I assumed looked, he, I assumed he finished it in half half your time. Well, yeah, you'd think it would be an easy win for Harry Goring. It was an easy win, right? Uh, not quite. Okay, it's a close win. <laughs> it's neck and neck. Uh, neck and neck for the first couple of minutes, and then I took him down. What was he ill? What did you eat for? What did you eat? <laughs> so meat like a triple chili challenge. It was a chili burger. A chili dog and chili cheese fries. There was a time limit, right? Uh, yes, there was a, a ten-minute time limit. What so, stops you doing that every night? <laughs> well, you get it free if you complete it, like I did in eight and a half minutes. That would make, <laughs> that, that would make me shove it down. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't, didn't really want. I'm a bit skint at the moment. I didn't really want to be spending thirty quid on Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night's a dinner. real incentive. <laughs> well, there we go. We got we got some big winners already, and uh, rugby season hasn't even started. Um, but there were there was a big big winner at the weekend, wasn't there? Mm. New Zealand. Wow. <sighs> Let's talk rugby championship for a second. Yes. That was something else, wasn't it? Um, Phil, you called it. Do you remember last week on the podcast, JB? Phil said, I think it could be a little bit like the way it went when England played New Zealand in the summer. New Zealand looked a bit rusty and it was a close win and and England were thinking they could have won it and then they just dominated Mm. in the second match and it's exactly the same. I wasn't going to bring that up, thanks to... I don't know if it was the same, actually. Because, I mean, I've I've watched watched the game uh, today, actually. I didn't watch it live. I think it was closer than the score let on. I well, think it was... I think Australia bombed two or three chances. Yeah. But at that level, you've got to put chances away. Agreed. But also, New Zealand bombed a couple of chances and mm. still put 50 points on the board. Is Surveyor the best boring player in the world? <laughs> <laughs> He's very good at running in tries. He is, isn't he? I'm thinking but... of other boring players. He's definitely better than Jordan Crane. <laughs> um... Yeah. 
He might be he might be in our boring fifteen because he doesn't. Do you know when you watch? Um, he doesn't offload much. Well, you watch Falau. It's like, oh my god, this is incredible. It's like watching a different species carry rugby ball. Savage just busts holes. He doesn't need to jink does, and step. Yeah. does he? He doesn't even seem to do that much. He seems to hit contact really hard. I don't know. But if everyone's giving him the ball with loads of space and the try line to run at, I wonder how much better or worse a George North or a Falau would be if instead of him in that New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. Better, yeah, worse. Oh, I don't know. That's hard to call. I don't know. I have no idea. I wonder if, I wonder if, uh, uh, if Severo be, be any good on the wing for, I don't know, uh, Scotland or someone. <laughs> Getting no ball, playing in <laughs> dire conditions at Murrayfield. Freezing cold, blue lips. <laughs> Do you know what impressed me so much about New Zealand? Well, two things, actually. The first thing is, I don't think there was that many times in the game that New Zealand had the ball for say more than four or five phases and didn't score or nearly score they were so yeah. efficient they had because Australia probably had more possession that would be my guess yeah I'm you're, not, the, you're the stat man Phil I've not seen the stats this week <laughs> <laughs> I, do, you, do you know what I still think even though it's a big loss I thought Australia had the best player on the field which is Hooper Hooper Hooper's yeah. really Hoops is, I'm going to sort of just call him Hoops from on <laughs> Hoops is awesome Flower's incredible as well Flower's incredible yeah. but then the problem is the, the wingers aren't wingers um, their scrum got destroyed as well. Yeah, do you yeah, know what? Oh, and, I, and I think it wasn't just the scrum. I think the New Zealand front five were the difference because yeah. I've never seen front five forwards and all of them being so agile, fit, making so many carries. They all run with the ball with two, in two hands. Mm-hmm. They all offload. They yeah. all punch holes up yeah, the middle. And, then, and a... then you just make loads of room for Severa on the wing. Ritalik and Whitelock, the two second rules were awesome. Were uh, the two second rules that I said were, were too small. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and New Zealand, they're forwards from a rook or from a mall, and they get like standing ball. They do two little passes, and then the third man hits it ahead of steam, and that's where the gaps are, and that's where they're bending that defensive line. Mm. And that's like you say, it sucks defenders in, and it creates so much space out wide for everyone else. And I know that Northern Hemisphere, we do have good front five forwards, but I just don't think there's any of them will run head up, ball in two hands. You, you know if an English prop's running one out from the scrum half, taking a ball, you know he's just going to hit contact. Yeah. You know he is. Yeah. Well, if you see I a think... Welshman doing that, they're definitely doing it. I mean, that's, that is yeah. the Welsh plan, isn't it? They, yeah. they have that short side pattern. I think Marla can do it. I think Marla has got yeah. quite good hands. I was asked that question. Who's got the best hands of English props? You'd ex- well, Corbiziero. Do you reckon? Mm. Yeah. Really? Marla's yeah. got good You'd expect Tom Young's, to, uh, not a prop, yeah. but a front row. Yeah. To have to have a good hands, uh, he does have quite good. The hands. one who had famously good hands for Wales was Darren Morris. Famously good hands, just mm. had an, an eating disorder in the opposite <laughs> way, an inverse eating disorder. <laughs> uh, so, so New Zealand dominated, pumped Australia, Argentina, South Africa. I watched this game as well. Incredible. Oh, Argentina just can't convert. Broke my heart. They just can't convert. I know. I said to Jay before that I felt sorry for Argentina, but that's that's patronising, and I don't mm. mean it like that because I felt sorry for them. I, I, devastated I, for them. I did feel sorry for them, but they were they played superbly for sixty minutes yeah. plus, and they were in an eminently win- winnable position. And you could argue it reminds me of Wales again. Uh, I'd say you yeah. could argue it was their mistakes. I, th- I feel it was more the lack of depth that they had that that cost them the game. Oh. I think South Africa could bring established international players off the bench, whereas. Argentina didn't seem to have that. Argentina They're did have tired. the best of the play, though. Did have more chances, and they had a scrum, which absolutely dominated. Incredible, yeah. isn't it? Incredible. I, I, w- I was thinking of you, JB, as I was watching it, thinking JB would be loving this. If I hope he's watching this now because he will be loving this. Yeah. Ayatza Crevy and Herrera, well, they, they they were absolutely awesome. And I think I made a, I put a little tweet out going that I think Sky Sports need to put Sky Sports 3 
down on the TV guide as a sport channel and an adult film channel because <laughs> it was scrum porn. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Ayatza in particular pummeled the box. Ayatza kept his back long mm. and rigid. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He managed to squeeze his head right under and inside the hooker's bind, forcing them onto their knees. Have you read the commentary there? <laughs> it's just my observation of what happened. It was scrum porn. That wow. guy, what's happened? Because a year ago, they were struggling in the scrum and the box loved their scrums. Yeah. Oh, the box. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't get that. I do now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, what the hell's he on about? <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. We should mention... Juan Smith yeah. make, making his comeback match for South Africa. And did he, he play? He was told he never. He yeah. was told what five years ago you'll never play again. I think it was three years ago uh, after his sixth failed operation and yeah. being unable to walk without pain. He was told obviously he'd never play rugby again, let alone international rugby. And Amazing, three years later, after a, a final like, correct operation, yeah, European champion, yeah. And a French champion French and incredible, isn't it? It's like the most ludicrous car boot sale deal you could ever find. <laughs> if you're too long, you must be delighted with this. I know, outcome. I know. You've got a guy, he could be world class or he could be a complete write off. We think he's a write off at the moment. It's like spending two ninety nine on what looks like a fake Rolex <laughs> yeah. and it turns out to be real. <laughs> yes! <laughs> there, must, there must be something that they feed or give people or something in the water in the south of France. I just, I just oh, you reckon? Like, you reckon they're on, they're on something in the south of France, do you? <laughs> any, body, Interesting. any body wreck just needs to go to Toulon, basically, yeah. to be resurrected. Yeah, who, Johnny, Juan Smith. Who's injury prone at the moment that could go? Tom Croft. Uh, Pocock. Pocock, po- Warber- yes. Warburton. Jen- well, well, Jenkins, Dan, did it, Car- well. Dan Carter. Yes. Yes. Zero, he, he, will be, he will be going to Toulon after the World Cup. <laughs> zero chance of um, Warburton get, getting injured. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> we, just, we just mentioned the top 14 club. There's a really interesting list of the budgets of the top 14 sides, which must make UK and Irish fans' eyes water looking at the budgets that some of the top sides in France have to operate with. Yeah, um, although the salary cap in the top 14 is 10 million, whereas in the Premiership it's only 5 million. But then they have higher salaries for the players because they're allowed to have separate deals for the players. So if Adidas want to go and sponsor yeah. Joanne Smith, they can do a deal through Toulon and that will subsidise his wages. So he'll get, whatever it is, 300k a year through Toulon and another 100k a year through Adidas. Well, Hypothetically. Well, don't Peugeot chuck a load of money into Toulouse and Michelin... The Michelin, yeah. For... Uh, a load of money into Claremont. Yeah. Well, hang on, I'm a little bit confused now. So... Are you saying it's ten million plus endorsements? That's what I think. Yeah, okay. that, that's the way I, I I read it. Privately raised money. Well, mind you, that's what Leicester do. That's how Leicester accumulate their. It's they've, a got very great, area, they've got great isn't relationships it? with Caterpillar yeah. and Next, a Holland and Barrett. Yeah, and yep. places like that. Goldsmiths, I think, one well, of the stands. Yeah, it's very. I think it's a very great area. I mean, I'm all for players getting whatever they whatever they can get their hands on. I really am, but. In terms of parity for the league and you know fair salary caps, I suppose we could say to Caterpillar, yeah, don't give us so much money, but give it to whoever you want, Ayrts or someone. Yeah, you know, and sponsor you just... three players. Don't instead yeah. of giving us a million pound sponsorship to name this stand, give us half a million and spread the other across the, your players. We all want the best players to be playing and the highest standards in in the leagues that we're watching. So why not? I don't have a problem with that as such. I certainly don't have 
problem with it for players. It's just an interesting one. What do you prioritise, the pay of the players or the pay of the league? Because, of course, it's the league that you need to grow. Well, at least it's, it's all written down and on paper. And Toulouse have come out top 35 million euros for their overall, for their budget. overall oh. budget, which is 10 million uh, that they're allowed straight from the club to players on wages and then 25 million privately raised money. That also includes the other side of the business. So it includes like chefs, bar workers. Ah, right. They, they, one of the clubs has four different shops. So one in the ground and then three within the town and, and the region. Tell you what, I love going to club shops. It might be my <laughs> favourite experience of going to the ground is going to the club shop and like looking for things you've got like cufflinks or pens or something like that. <laughs> no, but at least it's all written down on paper. Whereas there's there's a lot of raised eyebrows and suspicion when there's rumours that a player who goes to, let's just say for argument's sake a high-profile fly-half a few years ago, I don't know, I'm just picking anything out of the air, uh, goes to, say, I don't know, Saracens. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, and say that there's rumours that another member of his family that, that maybe lives with him, um, maybe the mother of his children, uh, gets a job at the club on uh, quite a good whack. You know what well, I mean? I thought, yeah, it was a cleaner or something. Is a 100k a year cleaner? I've just made that up, by the way. Just completely made that up. <laughs> um, That's a very, very precise made-up scenario. But, yeah, hypothetical scenario, though. Uh, yeah, we're all, we're all aware Hypothetically about. speaking, but at least the French teams have got it all written down, whereas the English clubs, there's some shady question marks and, and eyebrows raised well, in different directions. someone criticised Leicester, didn't they, recently? I think it might even be Saracens. They said, look... Um, no, how it stopped with Diamond. Diamond, Diamond said something about... about Leicester, I think it was. Well, I can say one thing, and, and this is based... I'll just say this is total conjecture. This is not from any official source. That said, with that out of the way, let me just say that uh, I hear, or I have heard, Sale Sharks' young, promising, second-string hooker, Tommy Taylor, promising player, is officially, according to the spreadsheets that will get submitted, earning more money officially, than the two international hookers who are at Saracens. No. More than Brits. More than Brits, more than Jamie George. See, this is uh, another thing which annoys me about rugby, and I love about American football, is we have no idea what the contracts are. We can guess what the contracts are, but we don't know. In American football, it's all clearly set out. I don't know if it's a yeah, thing about competition law or there's something, it's privacy, but I'd love to know what people are getting paid. Yeah. Because you could make a real, as a fan as well, you could make a real informed decision as as to, is that good business for your club if you've let someone go? Because you don't know. I mean, say if Jamie George is on, just say 300,000, he's not, but say if he is, and, but we don't know that, and you let him go, we say, oh, well, you're letting, you're letting go an academy player, but really what you're doing is freeing up, freeing yeah. up cap space. Yeah. I'd love to know what pe- uh, people are earning. But the more information, the better. For, for well, me, but they, they won't do it, will they? It's, sti- they won't do it. it's stipulated in the Aviva rules that they are not allowed to tell. Well, you've got to keep it confidential who your uncapped player is. Your marquee signing. Your marquee signing. The one that's outside of the salary cap. Within a team, there's one guy who can be outside of the salary cap. Mm. I'd love to get an agent on to talk about that. Oh, yeah, we do. We'd love to. I'd love, I'd love that as well. Yeah, if you're an agent, give us a call. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, right, so we've dealt, we've dealt with the. Oh, right, I know what I want to talk about. You're aware of this ice bucket challenge, right? Oh, unfortunately. I knew you'd do that, that response, <laughs> JB. Do you know what, JB? Your cynicism, I think, I share it with you to a degree. I think, unfortunately, what's happened is people are losing sight of what it was started for, and I think we should remind of that. I have case. no idea. I, I don't want All to right. know either. I don't want no, to know. No, I'm going to tell no. you. It, yeah. was, it was a guy who was a really promising college baseball player who was tipped to go pro in Boston called Peter Freites, and he got motor neurone disease, or ASL, as they call it in America. And he, him and his friends just on Facebook just sort of thought they'd start raising a little fund 
for ASL. And one thing they did just to try and say, hey, give a couple of quid, we'll do this. And they tipped a bucket of ice, yeah, cold but water over No it. one's donating. They're just tipping buckets of water over the, over the head. Exa- well, exactly. And now it's become about which celebrities have done it and it's not about the money. And also, and no charity is, is, is a bad charity. Let's just say yes, that. Yes, it is. But There's loads of bad well, charities. There are, there are bad Alcohol charities. Alcohol concern. M- Macmillan Cancer Research do great work. Yes. But it's outrageous, in my opinion. Give to them if you want to give to Macmillan, but it's outrageous. They've even stolen it. And it's now that they're now saying do the Macmillan Ice Bucket Challenge when it was for motor neurone disease. Mm. So if you're going to give money for it, and if you're going to do it, do it for motor neurone disease, which was the intention of the, of the fella that started yeah. it. From a rugby point of view, Hughes uh, van der Vestes and one, one of the best scrum halves of all time, Springbok legend, and he has uh, ALS, motor neurone disease. And so if only for that, it, it's a good thing for the like, rugby fraternity to to raise awareness and be aware of it. Well, that's exactly what I want to bring up now because I've got some rugby players doing uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Oh, really? This one first. (laughs) Are we meant to guess by the gasps? Uh, Well, a little bit. (laughs) You you won't guess this one, but but basically this is... uh, Andy Goode. No, it's it's Liam Williams. But I I just like the fact that... Oh, from uh, the Swansea lad. Yeah. Uh, but his, mu- I just like, like how much his mum. I'm assuming this is mum. Is just ha- absolutely <laughs> howling in the background. Hope he's not his girlfriend. Or, or he's into maybe slightly older women. That's fine as well. <laughs> that was that was Danny Cipriani's. No, Sippers. What I like about this one from Sippers is he sounds like he turns into a monster. And then, well, you mentioned the Juice van der Vesthazen one, and that's the one I wanted to just uh, highlight. Thanks, Juice, for the nomination. Oh, yeah, Juice van der Vesthazen did it and then nominated the South African um, rugby team and the Australian rugby team. And Nick White, straight after their match against New Zealand, did this. Thanks, Hughes, for the nomination. Uh, I accept that nomination on behalf of the Qantas Wallabies. Uh, just to everyone, remember to donate big at ALSA.org. Uh, all right, boys, let's get it done. And I like what they did because they had uh, a couple of their big units holding him upside down by his feet. Oh, <laughs> dunking him into a Oh, that was a really good um, video. Nothing to do with charity. One of, a guy called Prince Amukamura, who plays for the New York Jets, no, New York Giants, was picked up by a D lineman and thrown into a bucket uh, of, of water. And he doesn't laugh at all. He thinks this is very serious. Not only does he think it, think it's serious, apparently his mum complained. It made like US news about wow. bullying culture within NFL teams. Well, Kean Healy, there was an incredible waste yeah. of water if you've seen his one because he got the. Dublin Fire Department. The Dublin Fire Department to douse him with about three hoses. That was good, wasn't it? Um, oh no! Have, have you got yeah. the audio for Brian We're O'Driscoll? We're just wasting clean water. I, have, I haven't got Brian O'Driscoll's audio. I can get it. Yeah, is it yeah. Good Brian O'Driscoll's is, is very good. We did retweet it last week. Did we? Where have I been for all this? But here's bods. Shane Larry, I accept your ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, and I nominate one Tanu Maga, two Warren Gatland, three <laughs> Prince Albert of Monaco. <laughs> wow he's got a varied contact list well, I want to know why, how, why Prince Albert of Monaco is a, is a sort of enemy of his yeah I know sworn What's... enemy like Tanner oh, yeah, and, and Warren Gatlin and Warren Gatlin 
Someone must know. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant reminder, though, Phil. Let's just remember that. Juiced van der Vesthazen, if, if it wasn't enough that the fact that the guy who started this ice bucket challenge, a, a fellow with motor neurone disease in, in Boston, um, started it, and that was his intention. If, if one reason to swerve all the other charities that are trying to get in on the act, remember uh, one of rugby's finest players of the last couple just of years. Just make ge- sure generation. if you do do it, donate. Don't be one of those guys. Well, we've, we've, got, we've had a really... Varied podcast so far. Yes, mm. uh, about ten percent of it has been about rugby. <laughs> well, let's change that right now. Then let's change that right now because we have got we're doing a geography fifteen. Let's get into this then. So we like to just occasionally pick a topic and then fill a team one to fifteen with players on a given topic. And this one comes linked to last week's podcast when Phil, when selecting a team from Sale Sharks, Newcastle, Leicester, and Northampton didn't put in Samu Manoa. I did Controversial not. Controversial no. omission. He'd be, he'd be first reserve for the back row, second row, but uh, yeah. no. A lot of people upset about that on Twitter, Phil. I know. Uh, Rightly so, so. I'm, I'm upset. Samu Manoa, obviously you change the two first letters of his name around and you have the name of the country that is his origin, Manu Samoa. Is that me? It's not me. <laughs> It is you, it's your phone, it's oh. your Siri. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, wow. Thank, oh, thank you, Siri. <laughs> you can go away now. Uh, so, Samu Manoa, obviously, is kind of named after the country of his origin, Manu Samoa. Mm. So, we thought we'd make him the starting point of a Geography 15. Excellent. So, Samu Manoa, I've given him the number four shirt and the captain as well. Oh, wow. So, we we'll only need one... Uh... One of the second row. So we've got 14 shirts to fill. Well, we can put him in the back row if we'd rather, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we need him in the second row. Uh, second row I've, I've only got two second rows, so uh, one of them can join him. I've got a few more back rows. Well, let's start at fullback then. 15. Okay. There's one ob- obvious one, isn't there? Current big name. Dan Scarborough. Ooh, Dan Scarborough's <laughs> good. I was going to go uh, Rob Cook. I was going to go Israel Falau. Now, ah. now, you're assuming that we, we as the Egg Chasers podcast, recognise Israel as a country. <laughs> 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 oh, Which we do. <laughs> Israel Dag, Israel Falau. Israel Dag or Israel Falau. The way I think we should have the player where the location is the biggest location. So like Cook Islands don't win then. Yeah, Israel's fairly small. Or like right. Okay. So so Israel, Israel then. Yeah, and let's go Falau because he's playing at the moment. From yes, top yep. level. Uh, right, wingers. Uh, if you do it in Game of Thrones speak, you could have George North. Just yeah, like yeah, that, and the north. North, north is pretty big. George of the North yeah. it is pretty big. <laughs> is Ascot a place? Is that is Ascot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Royal Ascot. <laughs> it's probably how the royal Ta- family say it. Yeah. Ars- going to Ascot. Ascot. We're going to Ascot this weekend. Um, I've got Taylor Paris, who's who? Canadian international winger. Nice. Uh, Carlin Isles, Dougie Fife, Scottish <laughs> Scotland winger. <laughs> What That's such a Scottish name as well. I know. Dougie. Dougie, Dougie Fife. <laughs> hey, I've got one that, 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 oh no, again, if you have to say it a bit different, like the Arse got one. Nicky Geneva. 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 <laughs> no, Geneva. Struggling with that one. Yeah. I think George North gets in. George North and then... And Dougie Fife. Dougie Fife. Dougie Fife and George North. Centres. Well, you can have, I guess, Manu Tuolagi, but a bit weak. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, he's not weak. <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> Um, Chad London is a USA international centre. Ah. 
Uh, Alex Dunbar, um, another Scottish international name for a Scottish place. Jason Holland, the New Zealand centre. Ah, nice. That, that is good. That is a big place as he well. Played, he played for Munster for Did he? nine years, I think. He, he, wow. played, he played in a couple of the Heineken Cup finals in, like the, in Munster in like the mid-2000s. It's not really a location, but looking at um, geographical features, Darren Cave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking for geographical <laughs> names like... Robert Estuary. Yeah, exactly. Ones like that. But I couldn't find, no. I could find hardly any. No, I know. I've, uh, I've got one other in the front row, but it's not very centers, good. Pick some centres. Pick some centres. Jason Holland, accompanied by uh, Chad London. Chad nice, London's great. Nice, nice. Fly half. Uh, I've got a few. Paul Warwick. Paul Warwick, yeah. Um, yeah. Joe Carlisle. Joe Carlisle is one of Who's been Worcester Wasps, and I think he's gone to Italy this year. Yeah. Continually. Ooh, doing well, then. Continually been Andy Good's number two for like the last five years. Uh, yeah, how do you ever get past him, though? He... <laughs> Let him fly. Uh, and Leicester perennial utility back, Matt Cornwall. Cornwall. Oh, yeah. Who was the, he was there for like four or five years in Wasn't the he? mid-2000s and went playing at a few different places, including Italy. Was back there last year and I think has gone back to Italy now. Mm. Played all over. Go on then, pick one. Uh, Warwick. Warwick. Yeah. All right, Paul Warwick. Number nine. This is one of the ones I couldn't come up with one for. I couldn't either. I'm sure there must be. Oh, hang on. I'm sure I can think of one. Hmm. hmm. I say I'm sure. Obviously not that sure. Uh, All right, well, help us out on that, yeah. that rugby podcast. We've got a gap to fill already. We're, we're there. 15 to 10 is sorted, but nine is not. Let's let's do the forwards while we're thinking that one. I've got a brilliant one. Okay. For loose head prop. Ooh. Oh, I've got a good one for loose head prop as well. But, uh... Oz Durant. Ah, <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> that is good. Is it as good as your one, though, Phil? Well, mine's mine's... His last name is Double Barrel, and both of them are place names. Wow. What? Kane Palmer Newport. Oh, I've got him. Who as, is that? I've got him as my Titan. Have is you got him as ta- is he a I, I don't actually know if he's oh. loose head or Titan. Who is he? He's Bath, Bath. Young, young Bath prop. Kane Palmer, oh, wow. Palmer Newport. Yeah, he's, I've got him down as well. Yeah. What other props are there then? Because that's, that's that's two props currently: Os Durant and Kane Palmer Newport. Charlie Beach, Jimmy Litchfield has just signed for London Welsh. <laughs> Jimmy Litchfield, <laughs> the most rubbish. Tim, Tim <laughs> <Pot>. <laughs> that's awful. That's awful, isn't it? Tom French. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that is a weird career, Tom French. Yeah, he played two finals and never played again. <laughs> Should we go Oz Durant and Kane Palmer Newport then? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Done. Yeah, good. It, hooker, I'm going to chuck Dorian West straight in. Yeah, good. I've got Dorian West. There's also Corey Britton. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, what's he famous for? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just had a recent uh, move to London Welsh, actually. As, yeah. as, as I think quite a few other people. Maybe we should look him up. Oh, we don't have time, but. Maybe our listeners should look him up. Yeah. If you look him up, and just, just to make your life easier so you don't get loads of match reports, look him up and also look up the words swimming pool, <laughs> changing rooms, camera, camera, camera and Arrest. upset woman and police. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think those are the key terms. Yeah, I think you'll... narrow it down enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm putting safe search on as well. Um, <laughs> don't do it at work. <laughs> second, uh, so which one do you want? We'll go Corey Britton then. Second row, we've already got Sammy Manoa. Who's going to make our other second row? Jim Hamilton. That's why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Nice. Nice. I'm still thinking of scrum half. <laughs> We're going to the back row then. Um, yep. Would Sergio Parise, would that be a real bit too tenuous? You're looking for Paris there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do like it when names and teams fit. Like Arsene Wenger at Arsenal and Sergio Parise in Paris. It yeah. Just, it just fits. Mm. It is good, isn't it? Um, geographical feature, Richard Hill. 
Nice. <laughs> Richard Hill's in. Richard Hill is in. Um, Italian international. Have you got him, Tim? Paul Derbyshire. What? He's an Italian international? <laughs> yeah, not very Italian. He might be South African. He's not beating Richard Hill. Uh, Simon Easterby. Joe Worsley. Oh, yeah. Worsley, Worsley. Worsley. Suburb, Suburb of Salford. Yeah, Salford. Uh, and one we all mentioned before the pod, Leroy Houston. Yes, Leroy Houston. He could go number eight, either him or Jordan Crane. Oh, Jordan, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, Jordan Crane should be in there. Jordan Crane, Leroy Houston and Richard Hill. <laughs> Richard Hill. <laughs> right, we can't come up with a scrum off. Help us. Yes, please. This is annoying me. Uh, Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Right, a little bit of a stash update, I reckon, boys. Mm. I think it's uh, long overdue on this podcast. Since last week. <laughs> stash! I mean, we've waited this long into this podcast to talk about <laughs> Saracen's new kit. I like it. I like it. Ah, I was I was worried that you wouldn't like it, Jay. I really like it. I think it's all right. I think it's a bit barcodey. It is a bit barcodey. Uh, what did who, who said that on Twitter? Yeah, someone said, really "What funny. happens if you scan it with your phone?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was quite good. Uh, I don't mind it. I think it's. But actually, to be fair, knowing Saracens and some of the gimmicks they like to do, I wouldn't mind if that's actually part of the thinking. They're, oh, that'd be such a great like gimmick! You, you buy the shirt and then you can scan it and get a free ticket to a game or something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, careful! They might use that now. <laughs> I think they might. I think they'd be smart too. Um, it, it's all right. It's quite good. I think it's better than that than the last season's kit. Although again, yeah. it's another team. Why change a kit after one year? That's annoying. Do you reckon that eventually whole... Saracens are going to replace all the numbers and names with just uh, Q, what are they are called? I, Q, QR, QR Q, Q, readers. Like, yeah, Q, yeah, QR, QR codes. QR codes. <laughs> and the ref's got to run around and scan them. To, uh... <laughs> yellow, yellow card, he just sort of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. Here we go. <laughs> Another one as well. Someone said, is it Glasgow or someone sent sent in? Yeah, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Is it, Ma- is it was Macron, there Macron again? Yeah, because they're sponsored by BT Sport this mm-hmm. year. Oh, they're awful. Is that the new one? That's that's the new one there. Oh, oh that's it's, it's awful. But based on last season's kit, I'm quite it's just ha- inspired, I'm, isn't it? I'm quite happy for it to be changed. Turn it round, Phil. Uh, that one there. That's Edinburgh. Yeah, it's it's not a great deal different, is it? Really? No, it's it's What's nothing. Like, are they just are they just borrowed Toulouse's kit from last year? Yeah, well, probably hand uh, hand me downs, aren't they? Um, <laughs> BT Sports an interesting one though, sponsoring them because it's Pro Guinness 12. Pro Twelve. Yeah. Is now going to be on Sky, Sky, as someone pointed out to me on Twitter because I, I got it wrong. I said it's it really on... just rubbing it in with Sky, isn't it? Yeah, but well, we've, you can we've have got it, the Aviva but... Premiership, we've got half of Europe, and now the one tournament you completely own yourself. <laughs> We're sponsoring a bunch of the teams. Yeah, that is a bit. Of At least a... we can watch like Munster, Leinster, and stuff like that on yeah reasonable broadcast instead of S four C. Yeah, all, like big games like that. Ulster, Leinster. I'm looking Ulster, forward to that. Will be, oh, you mean you don't like good. the Welsh? Uh, act- the Welsh I couldn't language stuff. Couldn't care. Do you know Welsh language stuff? Um, there's also an option to listen to it in English. Is it like red button option? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Welsh teams, <laughs> there's always a few of them that can speak Welsh, and they're they're the ones that get yeah always. Out it used to be Stephen Jones. Yeah, I remember when um, I was watching the Welsh language channel for Lions in Australia, like the not this one, the one before, and it'd be like some uh, the commentator sound really bored. So I'm just trying to think of the Lions like lineup, and it'd be like, Wilkinson. Henderson, O'Driscoll. Dion, David, Dion, Dion! <laughs> Wilkinson. <laughs> Henderson. <laughs> I, I know Rob Higgett, when he went, um, I used to play with him, I know he kept it very quiet. He, he was at he was at Bath Uni, and then he went and played a bit at Caffilly while he was at uni. 
and uh, he kept it very quiet that he was a Welsh speaker. And, but as soon as they found out, that was it. He got he mm. got wheeled out every <laughs> single time. Every single time. Did either of you watch the Challenge Cup final or any part of it at the weekend? No, I didn't. Who won? I watched bits of it. Leeds. Ryan oh, won it. Boring. They beat Castlefield. Um, the Castleford. Castleford. <laughs> Sorry. He needs to get that right. This is he? why. This is why Mick Morgan hasn't come and joined us on the podcast. I like um, that someone on Twitter said that uh, BBC should have had a red button option to have Mick Morgan. <laughs> Mick Morgan. I actually feel like we're partly responsible for the rise of the cult of the honey badger because it feels like we were right there even before the cult grew. It would have grown anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and the same for Mick Morgan. It feels like we've we've shared it. I feel a little bit like we've been a, a gateway for Mick Morgan into the rugby union. Fraternity. I yeah. certainly hope so because the more people exposed exposed to Mick Morgan, the better. It. The better. Well, <laughs> let's just have that little remix that someone did for us when, when we've been playing his commentary for a, about a month non-stop. We said, "Someone do a remix," and uh, there we go. Our prayers were answered. In the final and on in a game, Andy. <laughs> oh, that's good. How has the man still got a job? I know. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I would have him commentate for everything. I would. <laughs> Rugby, football, funerals. I, do, I, wouldn't, I don't care. The but I'm amazed he's still doing it. It is. It is amazing. This weekend, I saw um, not just the Rugby League Challenge Cup final. I saw some, like, I can't have been older than six or seven year olds playing rugby league and the skill level is phenomenal is that it, just a cliche is that true? no 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 it is so true i think actually it just comes down to the fact that they only have really four skills they've got a master catching and passing tackling um and then evasive running mm-hmm. and then actually that's pretty much the basic core skills of rugby league isn't it my, i take my lad to mini rugby and he's under six under seven and the skill level of these lads that were about the same age at rugby league, these kids could all catch, pass consistently. They all they all run. They all, it was just it's another level. And then when you watch Challenge Cup final and you see some of the skills and the angles that they run, I tell you what, the there's big, still lots that we can learn. I think the yeah. big difference is in league skill wise is the short kicking game is phenomenal. If Union could get get a good short kicking game, it'd be interesting. The short kicking game was used by. Uh... New Zealand quite well against against Australia just this, this weekend. Uh, yeah. One. yeah. Well, and again, the, the tackling is just faultless. I was watching the tackling and thinking, Kirtley Bill would not make it as an NRL player, as has been predicted he might go to NRL because he missed 42%. That's one stat I can bring. He, that is... Fact. 42% of his tackles he missed. That is unacceptable. That is bad. That's not great. That isn't great. Really, really bad. But outside him... Tamua, Tamua was absolutely Solid. superb. Yeah, his his defense, he just hitting so hard at everything that came down his tall channel. Yeah, he's a very good player, isn't he? Yeah, be interesting to see what they do after that beatdown. Whether they do switch it up and whether they put leave they've him, got the players there. Whether they put Foley in um, at ten and who they put at twelve alongside him. Yeah, why don't they put Falau on the wing and uh, Beal at, fi- at fifteen 50. just to get their best players on the field? Could do. Yeah, might well do. Um, right, I think it's time that we dipped into one last time some pitches for teams trying to recruit Phil in the fan free agency so Phil has played man and boy for Sedgley Park up to championship level as a result he's never had a team to follow he's always been involved in playing at a decent level so he's never experienced what it's like to pull on a shirt and be a fan go to the ground have a pre-match pie and 
<laughs> post-match drink. Well, he's going to do that, but the club he chooses is going to be, well, that's up for grabs. It could be down to you. Although I say that, if you haven't entered your team already, time is up because this is the last chance saloon for a, some last little entries we've had. Currently, the ones that have made it through to your shortlist, Phil? Uh, are Ulster, Bath, Leicester Tigers, Old Sullyans RFC, Harlequins and London Irish. No. Oh, and Northampton Saints, sorry, who made it last week. Looks like a bit of comeuppance for me. So, because it it might be comeuppance for me, I'm not going to read this. I'm going to give it to Tim. Right. Ooh. Wow, this is cryptic. Okay, so we have another pitch for the fan free agency. Uh, it's uh, an email. It says, hello, JB. Sorry this took two months. It wasn't easy trying to pitch the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's about as much chance of Phil choosing the Falcons as there is of Andy Powell winning Celebrity Mastermind, but here goes. <laughs> I live in the Northeast and the Falcons are my local team. Oh, this is from Tom Wilson, by the way. Uh, that's why I'm a Falcons fan, and I think that's probably the case for most other Falcon fans too. There are no glory hunters at Kingston Park. They're their new uh, syn- synthetic fact. pitch, by the way, at the weekend. Yeah. First game on it. They lost to Rotherham, though, but anyway. <laughs> uh, there's no one there because it's a social event and they want to be seen. I think every fan so far has claimed that their team plays an exciting brand of attacking rugby, blah, blah, blah. You know as well as I do, the Falcons don't. Uh, but one of the brilliant <laughs> things about rugby is there are lots of different ways to play. We didn't score many tries last year, but we played to our strengths and it was just good enough. We don't have the best backline in the league. We play a forward-dominated game. Someone forgot to tell the ground staff that before they put in the new artificial pitch, which is going to favour all these exciting attacking teams who come and play on it, but never mind. (laughs) Kingston Park really isn't the Arctic wasteland some rugby pundits say it is. Mm. It's one of the smaller grounds in the Premiership, but it's better than a football stadium that's only a third full. It has the longest bar in the UK. Smaller crowds mean smaller queues, Phil. Plus, it's 25 minutes on the metro to the city centre, and Newcastle is a great night out, so bear that in mind if you're going to do, be doing a pod at a ground. That's a good point. Isn't it? We're it not is. just there for the rugby. We want to soak all the local delicacies and uh, ales and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. That is very important. It is very important. The Falcons were the most, weren't the most entertaining team to watch last year, but the only objective was to stay up, and they did. And we've signed some great new players. Josh Furno, brilliant for Italy in the Six Nations. Three Tuolagis who are probably all in the top 10 to Alarkies. <laughs> <laughs> and Kane Thompson, Samoan International Row from the Chiefs, adding mm. power to an already strong pack, spicing up the back line a little bit. We've produced some great number 10s, Wilkinson and Flood, both obvious, and Joel Hodgson more recently, who decided to go play for Northampton in the LV Cup instead of staying and probably being the first choice Premiership 10 at Kingston Park. That was meant to sound as bitter as it does. <laughs> so if Phil wants glory... Or to go to sunny Richmond with the Red Trouser Brigade. We, good do. Luck. we do. Good luck to him. But if he wants to go to a ground full of pie-eating Northerners we and, a, and a team on the up, he could do a lot worse than Newcastle Falcons. Plus, with Rory Clegg and Phil Godman as the fly-half options, if Phil can get fit, he'd have an outside chance to get in a game. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Tremendous pitch. It's absolutely superb pitch. I love that. Well done, Tom. Well yeah. done, Tom. Now, well, if that's an indication of the the sort of fans that Newcastle Falcons have, then I think it would be a it would be a nice home for Phil. I see, yeah, they're very grounded, they're very re- yeah. realistic, and there's some things I'll admit I didn't consider. I didn't consider the size of the bar. Yeah. I didn't consider the nights out. It's as easy for us to get to Newcastle as it is for us to get to London, say. Uh, well, e- easier, uh, easier in it? some respects. And also, good luck with the Red Trousers Brigade. I, 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 very, I really like that. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I'm not so sure. Oh, you are sure, Tim. You are sure. 
I don't like those salmon pink shorts and uh, blue shirts with the sleeves rolled up and three buttons undone. That That's you see exactly in, what I you wear. You see in Richmond a lot. Yeah, blue shirts with white collars and mm. no good at all. Oh, no, no, not with white collars. No. Oh, God, no. Anyway, I think it's time for me to decide. So that was a fantastic pitch. It really was one of the best ones. Yeah, I think that was probably the best one we've had, actually. We have had some other very good ones, um, but that was very good. To to make a rugby analogy, this is effectively like last day of the season. Newcastle Falcons, (laughs) are they staying up or are they going down? Are they through to your shortlist or are they dropping out into oblivion? It's kind of like the Tramp who instead of begs for money for food, says, yeah, I'm going to spend it on beer, but just give me a quid. You know, it's a very <laughs> honest pitch. <laughs> there might be more um, more flattering analogies to draw there, yeah. but yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. So, uh, I have said that I would like to be a bit of a glory hunter. But that's not the only thing that I'm looking for. I'm looking for kind of a, a good home, someone who's welcoming and, and accepting, and it's going to be a good atmosphere when we do go down yeah. and do a pod and we'll, we are greeted and welcomed and all that, and that's all very positive. The other thing about Newcastle is their synthetic pitch means that oh, yeah. whoever beats them on the, on the day that we go to watch them will be playing some great rugby. Yeah, And you're never going to get a game called off uh, yes. Well, pitches right. and stuff, and you get to win the championship every other year. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have some glory. Some glory. Um, and a night out in Newcastle is very tempting. But I think that the negatives do outweigh the positives. And what are they, Phil? Um, not being very good. <laughs> Bad kits. Not playing entertaining rugby is a big negative. They have. A, they said they have a four-dominated game. But not a great pack. There's, no, to, fi- to do there's it. no finer sight in rugby than a good driving mall in my book. On a synthetic pitch. Mm. But I'm afraid it's a no from me oh, for Newcastle wow. Falcons. I thought you were gonna I thought oh, you were gonna say yes. Wow. <laughs> great pitch. That was And yeah, fantastic pitch. Tom. I I think you did a fantastic job. You should be proud of yourself and uh and your fellow Falcons. Hmm. Wow, that's uh Put a sour taste in everybody's mouth right there. <laughs> no, GB is happy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy actually. I was like keen on going. <laughs> I did worry Bath, about. We've actually... got an extra weekend in Bath now. Yes. <laughs> I did worry about uh, actually getting GB up to Newcastle if we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, we if I did pick them. Like BA Brackers going on a plane. <laughs> well, hopefully, Tom. Hopefully, Tom, you go to away games and whichever team Phil ends up choosing, maybe we'll see you there for a pint. Yes. You sound like you'd be good good value fella. Nice one. Thank you very much. And next week, Phil will be deciding which team. Let's go through that shortlist one more time, Phil. The p- p- potential teams. And you are going to full on go for it. You're going to buy the shirt. We're going to go to games, do podcasts from the ground. Yeah. Paint his face. You'll get more airtime because I will mention you at the start of every every pod. He'll paint his face, as JB just said. He definitely, yeah. definitely paint, will. Paint my face. Paint my chest. Paint my face. Sounds like an <laughs> Alan Partridge catchphrase. <laughs> so we've got Ulster. Bath, Leicester, Old Sullians, Harlequins, London Irish, Northampton Saints are all through. That's seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. And if we have done... We could, we could, you could knock out one a day on Twitter. As in, like, eliminate one a day. <laughs> wow. So we get down to, like, a final three by the time the podcast is done or something like that. I could, yeah, I might, I might what do What should we do that. for final three? We, I mean, how does x Factor do it? Hmm. <laughs> they sing. Hmm. They can't really, like... 
We could do a review their preseason performances. Well, that would be that, that to pick a team based on the preseason performances seems a bit shallow. Yeah, right? look at look at Manchester United's preseason. I'm looking for an X factorism now, but you've got to pick with your heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very tempted to buy the shirt. This decide this week, buy the shirt and then unveil it. Yeah, whip off my lovely Canterbury uh, hoodie that we received a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, Show the shirt. That I, I might be. Su- I might be suing Canterbury. Um, like the standard of service that I get now is so much less because I'm constantly. I'm constantly dressed like uh, like this, which is <laughs> joggers hoodie, and a joggers. I, I, I'm dressed like a single mum. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> Oh, let's uh, just to tick off uh, another one of JB's groups. <laughs> JB's managed to offend. Excellent. I didn't think we'd ever get a Newcastle fan rating in after all the no, hor- horrible things you said. Fair play, fair play, fair play to that lad. I'm impressed by that. Right, we've got one final thing to do on today's podcast. Um, actually, I'm just quickly gonna. I, I, I took an interest. You mentioned the preseason games, Phil. I took an interest in uh, some of the preseason action, not least because I was match announcing at Sale Sharks, who took on Worcester. By the way, Worcester looking a whole. I think they look better now than they did last year. Really, such a young team, and they've um, and the, good coach as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, their forwards held Sale scrum, and they did not move, take a backward step the whole day. Be interesting who, who was, that the um, who was propping for them just out of interest. Uh, it was a lad called. It was, and they're all young, all young local lads, but it was. Oh, he had a, he had a, he had an, sorry, he had an unusual name. I thought he might have been like Eastern European or something like that. Ah, right. When I saw the team sheet, not Rob O'Donnell. It was Val Rapava Ruskin. He's a young lad. I think he's, de- I think he's one to watch. Mm. He's only twenty-one years of age, I think. The Ding Dongs. Oh, between... he, was, he was born in Tbilisi. Oh, really? Ah, well but then. he, but he moved to England age two. Wow. So he, he is Eastern European. Yeah. He's an Eastern European name, but there you go, one to watch. He's definitely going to be strong. He, he's, yeah, uh, he's incredibly growth. strong. And mm. he, the, on, on the flip side and on the other side, Sail Sharks, um, how can I put this nicely? Um, I think they must have washed Ivy and Lewis's, Roberts's shirt on a very hot wash and it shrunk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's got bigger. Really? And not, not, not in a good way. Not how, in a good way, I don't think. scrimmaging? You didn't do anything major, to be honest. They're playing it tighter this year. Yeah, you said, oh. that, you said that a couple of times. Have you heard today. about my my mental theory? What? It's not my mental theory. I've heard this from a good source. The Adam Jones theory. What's that? Oh, yeah, because, of course, Adam Jones has been in the papers this week and he's been the his new coach, Cardiff Blues, has come out and said he needs to lose weight. He's, Is that right? He's yeah. looking big because he's not been pre-season training. He's looking Well, the Adam Jones heavy. theory goes something like this, which is... Apparently, the switch to tight head, and I will take this with a pinch of salt, is because they want an Adam Jones replacement for the World Cup. Not to replace him, but if in case in case he goes down. No, I I was looking at Ivy and Lewis Roberts. Though again, oh, I have to be respectful in what I say <laughs> because there are lots. Of, he is a Premiership player. He's had a long and distinguished career. He doesn't look like a guy that will be a tight head international, international. class. Well, for when the he was World playing Cup. youth mm. level rugby, he used to have to get wellies especially made for his calves. Wow, <laughs> that is awesome! Fact, love that fact. Thanks. More facts like that, please, JB. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Worcester looked good, uh, and I think Worcester and Bristol will be a bit of a titanic struggle in the in the championship. Sale Sharks, I think, look underdone, and I worry big time about their back row. I think they're small. Magnus Lund has come in. His hair is ridiculous. Is it long? It's long, like 
um, Khaleesi like Rapunzel long like Khaleesi long <laughs> like, yeah. Ka- like Karl Drogu like <laughs> yeah. he's never lost a fight so he can he never d- be exactly cut. so he's he, got... he wears a scrum cap and then he doesn't tie it up or anything it just it just comes out like a lion's mane so he's got the hair of Khaleesi all over his back with the build of Khaleesi is what you're saying yeah. <laughs> uh, elsewhere Saracen's looking really good form in pre-season um, Exeter had a good win at Ulster didn't they yes uh, 22-21 although it was I think it was two last minute tries I think Ulster were winning and it was so you, you wouldn't read into it too much because mm. um, it might be a changed team. They might have changed the whole whole team. London Irish beat Bristol by a point. A late comeback from Bristol. Rotherham beat Newcastle Falcons. Mm. And the oh. fir- and the first match on the new synthetic pitch. That's got to be a concern for Newcastle. Yes, yeah, yeah. I imagine it is. Northampton Saints had a good win against Leinster. And what else is there to didn't, say? Didn't Leicester play Edinburgh? Yes, they lost. Did they? I think. So, no, no, no. They were one with the last minute kick. 12, uh, 12 11, I think it was. Ugh. Yeah, a bit of an ugly game, but bad <laughs> conditions. Uh, and did Harlequins play Glasgow? Yes, I think they lost it, but had a bit of a moral victory because they lost in the last minute, but played, uh, played much better. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. That is it. I've ticked off all the items on our agenda, gents. Uh, we are done until next week's big Premiership and Pro 12 preview podcast. If I can't think of any more words that start with p that aren't rude so i will say thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time on the egg chasers rugby podcast deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.